Welcome everyone to another episode of Chat, Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. I'm Chris Dredd here with the main man, JB. What's going on, bruv? All good. All yeah. damn good. Well, so what's happening? We, we've, uh, yeah, we're, we're, you've got another episode and you're getting it quick because we kind of uh, longed out the last one. So we're going to smack you up with two in a week. How do you feel? Hope everyone's lovely. We've been looking forward to this. We have been looking forward to it. It's a, it's one of these. This is the era, man. This is the era that, like, for WWF especially, that just catapulted them into, you know, it, basically WWF. Vince went public with the company on the backs of this main event, basically, or, or with these two guys in the main event. You know, the the money that was flying around. Um, and, and also, the reason I like this event as well, man, the crowd is fucking wild, dude. Absolutely wild. It's wild for a lot of it. There are a few matches where they've either gone for a snack or have decided to just have a little break. Yeah, I've got some notes about that one as well. But, um, yeah, man, I hope you're doing all right, bro. Um, you know, we're, we're just uh, hitting, hitting everybody up with a new episode. This is episode 15, but we do have... A little bit of news. Uh, well, it's it's not really news, is it, Jordan? It's uh, we're 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 gonna we're gonna moan about shit. Before before we moan, we should remind everyone that you can catch us on YouTube. You know, chat grapple cheap pops. You can also find us on Twitter at chat grapple pops. Instagram, Correct. same thing. Instagram chat grapple pops. You know, I'm. We're finding some absolute relic tape of. World Wrestling Federation and World Championship Wrestling and whack it on the Instagram account, you can see some of the most amazing bits of TV that never made it to the network for some reason, including this week, Owen Hart winning the WWF title and Ludwig Borg of Finland's greatest athlete winning, in the quotations, the IC title from Razor Ramon. All these title changes never counted. They all got reversed in the end. But you can see those clips on our Instagram. You know, we're also on Facebook, Chat Grapple Cheap Pops. Can't miss us. And you can't. Yeah. And uh, Chris is getting ready to reel off all those other podcasting places you can find us. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, Castbox, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. All of that there. And it was mad. We was in the car the other day, yesterday. I was in the car with the missus driving. And, like, she's got her phone hooked up to the thing on Spotify. And I went, you know what? We've been listening to her tunes for a while. We was out for another little bit. I thought, I'm banging the podcast on, mate. I'm banging it on. See how me and Jordan sound, you know? Because we rarely listen to ourselves, really. Like, And, yeah, dude, I was loving it. You know what I mean? It's kind of mad because... You know, you listen to a lot of other podcasts, but we don't really listen to ourselves. And then we, I listen to ourselves. I thought, yeah, you know yeah. what? We're actually not that bad. You could do a lot worse, YouTube and Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, CastBox, blah, blah, blah. You could do a lot worse. So please like, please subscribe. We've got stuff to give away. We are waiting. We are waiting on the people, man. We're waiting on you guys because we want to give this stuff away. We're ready. We've got. Our missuses will be happy that we we're giving get, yeah, we, It's clutter. It's clutter it's in the house. Clutter. It's becoming. <laughs> it's becoming a problem. It's becoming a bit of an issue. Um, 
so yeah, like here we are, episode fifteen. Um, was there any news, any any things that have happened really, apart from what we covered last time, yeah, news wise? There is a little bit of news, and I've got a little something to say. I know you've got a little something to say, so let's uh, let's get the bad out of the way before we start with the good. Yeah, you want me to crack on with it? Do it. Well, again, on our last episode, episode fourteen, uh, Super Brawl One, WCW. Find it in our videos on our YouTube channel. Check that one out. But on that video, we had a little bit to say about AEW and the general uh, dim-wittedness of uh, a majority of their fans, it seems, or maybe just the most vocal. I don't want to say majority. But it's, again, in, in the matter of days, it has become even more ridiculous and it is again coming from the all elite wrestling group on facebook these people are fucking insane i'm sorry some of these people have their heads up their ass okay i'm gonna read right this is how it's got i took a screenshot of this because it blew my mind dude it blew my mind how wrestling fans i don't know I don't know the age of this guy. I don't know anything, but he looks like an old guy. He looks like he's like 50 years old. Okay. And this is commenting on MJF. Okay. And this is, I mean, we all know what wrestling is and we love it for what it is. Okay. And this guy, he just, he's in, he's in, he's heads in the clouds, mate. He's heads in the clouds. Right. So, Here goes nothing. Okay. I won't tell you this guy's name because we don't want anything, you know, untoward uh, to happen to this guy digitally. But basically, this was his post. Okay. Okay. So here's the deal. I don't give a damn what anyone thinks about my opinion. Hate me, like me. I don't really give a damn. But the truth is, MJF sucks. End of story. What has this guy done to deserve a title shot? What, run his mouth about how damn good he is? Yes, he's undefeated in AEW, but it's only because he has outside help. He, Block Capitals, cannot win a match on his own. He's an embarrassment and a joke. Yes, he's good behind the mic, but that's all he's good for. And to anyone who's a fan of MJF, I say this. You're a bigger dumbass than he is. Anyone who followed him and signed his idiotic little petition, you're a joke just like him. End of post. Ooh. Wow. Just to, to keep everybody up to speed, MJF went on and said that he, and he's actually created a petition to get Moxley's move banned from AEW, okay? I'm, if I'm, you watch, I'm just going to say, I'm a fan of MJF. Like, I've got, I'm, I love him, dude. I absolutely love him. And like you say, he might not be the greatest in-ring performer, people are saying, whatever, but, you know, he's not the worst. Um, and his character is doing it. He He's a heel of the highest order. The fact that he created a, a, a petition and he's trying to get people to sign it to ban Moxley's move from AEW. Like, and people are buying it, dude. People are buying it. Is kayfabe back? Is it back? Or are these people just fucking idiots? I mean, was the guy, do, was a- the guy doing it in character? Was he trying to cut his own promo? Like, via Facebook, I don't know, like... 
no, dude, I don't think so, man. This guy, he, he, it's still real to him, damn it. Yeah, it's still real to him, damn it. And was, one of the comments for that. And like, it, one of the comments is, someone tell this guy that wrestling is scripted. It will blow his mind. <laughs> it's like, it, it's not the first thing that I've seen this week where you've got, you know, you, you've just got people, you know, I don't understand it. Like, you've got another guy saying that... Um, Mox made a good point when he said that MJF is hiding. Also, if they want to ban Paradigm Shift, then definitely need to consider banning Wardlow and from ringside and use of the ring. I don't know. He's probably not great um, in, in the mind. Um, also, if MJF uses any cheating or dirty tactics, just have to, to aid and uh, just to have the title, then AEW should disqualify him. And that's the bottom line. It's real to these fuckers, dude. They, like, it's like watching EastEnders, okay, and then shouting at um, Ross Kemp in the street and calling him Grant Mitchell. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, these people are fucking... These, are, these people are special. Right. But for this anyone, is the end. anyone outside of the UK, EastEnders is a popular evening soap. <laughs> relatively popular, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, sorry. It's like, for example, it would be like, you know... I don't know. It's like you're like calling a soap opera character by their soap opera. It'll be, it'll be like shouting at um, Jennifer Aniston in the street and calling her by her friend's character name. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It will be, that's how deep it runs with these idiots. Um, but that's it from me, basically. Like, you know. And, and they're obsessed as well. A lot of these, and let's, please, let's get it, not get it twisted. This is not every AEW fan. This not is not everybody that watches AEW. This is just the more vocal and quite a large percentage of these people that I think we have named the Moxley Marks. We have we have coined the, the phrase Moxley Marks. These people, in one breath, they're saying, Oh, we can't. Why? Why are they signing so many ex WWE guys? And then in the next breath, they're just saying this shit, bigging up Moxley and making out he's the fucking greatest. Like, it's 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 actually starting to get a bit painful now. And I'm glad we're watching late nineties fucking wrestling and not watching this this shit. The good, the good stuff. Yeah, I mean it's it's incredible, dude. I mean I know you've got something to say on this as well because it's uh, incredible, yeah. man. You it's incredible. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's my turn. Um, I need to cool off with an iced drink, I think. Oh, enjoy that, OJ. My, my quick, quickish topic is based around the fact that WWE brought in the Thunderdome in Orlando. They've got screens all around that people can be placed on these screens in the, in the crowd as such. But wrestling fans or fucking keyboard marks these generic keyboard marks that I will talk, I've talked about before, that do their best to ruin something so quickly, like Thunderdome, because the first thing that you see on some of these on some of these Thunderdome shows is a photo of someone of, of a KKK guy. You've got a photo, you've got the mugshot of the guy that tried to break in and kidnap Sonia Deville, you know, this week or the week before. You've got a picture of Chris Benoit being put up. 
Yeah, an MJF sign, someone saying fire Velveteen Dream. Sure, you know, should he be fired? Who knows? But again, this is my problem with, uh, it is a smaller part of a wrestling fan base that try and get their online infamy for five minutes, you know, by doing something stupid, like putting up a KKK picture. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I've got to be, you know, and I've, I put here, I put in the thing, I called it, I called them smarks, but they're not smart. They're marks. They're lazy marks trying to get this five minutes because they're too fucking pathetic to get in a ring and take a bump. They haven't got the ability or the know-how or even the fucking sense to try and get in the ring and do exactly what these guys do to entertain them. No, they, they get them, they're lucky enough to get onto the Thunderdome, be part of that crowd, and they fuck about with it. And this is why wrestling fans are seen as they are. It's that small group of people that cannot help themselves and think, oh, I'm going to try and get myself over this week. Nobody fucking cares about you. Not, literally, nobody cares about <laughs> your stupid sign or your attempt to be Twitter famous and get 10 retweets from... You know, your goony friends. Like, I'm, yeah. And I've got one more thing. It's um, AW trying to reintroduce crowds. Good luck to them in Florida. I mean, that's its own crazy case of corona. But yes, they're trying to introduce crowds back in. Very smaller, like, things back into the place where they're holding dynamite. And as usual, when anything goes on sale, like, ticket-wise... Got a nice little group of uh, ticket tout bastards trying to gouge these fans by buying them all up as quickly as they can and then selling them on at inflated prices. So it's a you know it's it's a kick in the teeth for AEW fans that want to go and see it that you know are being sold these tickets on ridiculous price. I know Tony Khan tried to step in and said, look, if you are caught selling these tickets, you're banned, blah blah blah. But you know, it's this this ticket tout and then go and they can go fuck themselves too. Like, like, it's just this, people, just honest people trying to watch a wrestling show. This is why we can't have nice things, dude. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly because it. humans, because the garbage humans. Um, this is why we can't have nice things. You know, this 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 is why. You know, wrestling, as you say, this is why wrestling fans are seen as. A certain type of person because probably yeah. the majority yeah. of people are fucking jagoffs, man. You know, um, it is fucking annoying. Um, and and let's not even get into um, Dave Metzger uh, comparing Moxley to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Sorry, if for anyone that's listening on the podcast, I've just put my head on my hand and like I'm I'm so over that that ridiculous comparison. Not even close. It's, uh, I mean, we're not making any fucking friends with this start of this episode, but frankly, well, we, we don't give, we, yeah, we don't give a fuck, man, really. Like, we, we're entitled to our opinion, uh, and that is our opinion. People, stop being fucking idiots. Um, whether, whether you like MJF or you don't, or like say, I, like I say, I don't actually understand the reasoning because. He's doing heel stuff and people are saying, oh, disqualify him. And like Ric Flair in the 90s in WCW, every match he was pretty much winning by cheating with woman and Elizabeth and everything like that. And it's like, are people going to be like, 
oh, fucking disqualify him, you know. But it's not. It's because MJF is going against their god Moxley, who, for it whatever reason... It's a woman, though, doesn't it, Chris? I don't get me started on women, man. You know, it, uh, it, it, it. She was just fantastic in WCW, man. Um, just period. Um, shall, shall we get? Shall we get to it? I tell you what. Let's get. Let's get to it. Um, because we we've got a lot of things to say about this um, pay per view. We've also I've also got a lot of merchandise. I've got a lot of signed items that i'm going to be showing you uh punks and punkettes out there so this is a rant over we've had our uh, iced drink to call us off and now we're back the main man jb chris dread chat grapple and cheap pops podcast episode 15 and it is wwf backlash 1999 and uh as per usual I was watching the uh, VHS. VHS. I didn't need Jordan to deliver this one. <laughs> I've still not given him back his um, his uh, Super Brawl one, but I have actually bought Super Brawl one and two now on VHS. You to use that voucher on the front that gets you a couple. Yeah, of- man, that's <laughs> three pounds off that expired in 1993. Um, so yeah, I was watching WWF Backlash on the lovely vhs and it does say exclusive never before seen backstage footage Uh-oh. if you can good. see um there's not a lot of it if i'm if if i'm honest i don't think there's a lot of it um but there's a there's a couple of bits of of extra footage it seems that like we, the, we might get to see. coliseum video silver vision exclusive sort of like sort of dropped off a bit in the later 90s yeah it wasn't like the early 90s where you just had tons of it coming at you like you know but yeah uh, it is backlash it is april the 25th it is 1999 i was uh, a very young 12 years old when this first aired i did manage to watch heat sunday night heat just beforehand and um this uh, this little bit surprised me i've got like a couple of lines on heat um they did a really brief sort of like open sort of tribute to ravish and rick rude who had died on the 20th of April in 99 of heart failure. They found mixed, they, the, the line was mixed medication in his body. So it could have been prescription. It could have been anything, but the, the, the term mixed medication leaves it so open for, you know, su- suggestion that he was taking something that he shouldn't have been. And yeah, I, I didn't really like that, but. There is, the, yeah. there is the, there is the idea that Rick Rude actually tried to kill himself, isn't there? I haven't heard that one. I heard that he was in training for a comeback during this time, so right. I'm not sure. Yeah, killing himself would have been the way to get a comeback on the go. It was crazy because um, he had to, he, he got a payout from his Lloyd's of London uh, insurance and everything, and you know, Bischoff said that he wouldn't have him back because it would cost too much money. Yeah. And all that they'd have to pay out two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to pay off pay back his Lloyds of London and all this. And I mean, I love Rick Rude, man. You know, we we we're fans. Um, so yeah, it's always sad when we lose lose a guy. You know. Uh, yeah, it's um, it won't be this won't be the last time we mention something sad in this one. Um, 
like I said, the heat recap, the signs everywhere, something I noticed straight away, the signs in during the attitude here are just, yeah, some of them are just so wild. <laughs> one of the first signs I saw just said muff. Muff, yeah, I saw that muff one. <laughs> There's also a, a, a couple of WCW ones cussing WCW. Yeah. This is because this is in Hartford, this is near Hartford, Connecticut. This is Providence Civic Center, yeah. Rhode Island. So it's like a, a WWF stronghold, you know, it's like yeah, next it's door. Yeah. yeah, it's home base, man. You know, this is this is a, a hotbed for WWF. And yeah, the crowd are wild, the, the signs are wild. Uh yeah, great. Um, yeah, Heat, Val Venus and Nicole Bass um, beat D'Lo and Ivory. Um, again, like, I'm not going to talk about the match itself. Like, it was a quick match. Nicole Bass was stepping in for Chris's favourite wrestler, Sable. Um, <laughs> and then afterwards, Nicole Bass offered it on a plate to Val, uh, the big Val Boski. And uh, he, uh, he did a runner. So that was a bit weird. And also a little bit gross. Um, yeah. Draws and, uh, draws and Prince Albert or Albert A-Train uh, squashed too much. You can see his figure right up there, actually. His yeah. WWF Heat figure right there. Prince Albert. And this was a, this was one that I was surprised would have been on Heat. Kane beat the big boss man. On Heat, just like that. Um, it's crazy, yeah, because Kane at this time was one part of the tag team champions with X-Park. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, that's right. He was a half of the tag team champions. He beats a boss man. Uh, Viscera beats Test. And then you've got the boss man and Test arguing about it. You know, big deal. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> our, our referee for the main event of the evening on the pay-per-view, Shane McMahon, comes out and he uh, announces that the main event is going to be no hold barred and that Steve Austin cannot touch him. And if he does, he can disqualify him and take the belt away from him. And just as we get to the end, the limo pulls up and Vince and Stephanie hop out. And that's it. That's heat. That was it. It was a, but a, you sort of notice that the crowd is, is building. It's quite a decent crowd there. It is Providence. It is a WWF, you know, wouldn't say a massive town because the, the attendance is a sellout, but it's just shy of 11,000. Pay-per-view numbers. Now, I always love talking about pay-per-view numbers purely because certain companies could never reach these numbers in their wildest dreams. Um, <laughs> pay-per-view buy rate for Backlash was half of WrestleMania the month before. But WrestleMania the month before drew 800,000 buys. Was it WrestleMania 14 with Mike Tyson as well? No, 15. It was 15. Yeah, sorry. 15 had a, had an Austin Rock main event and yeah, 800,000 buys. Certain companies that people love so much can't even get 100,000 buys. So let's keep it, you know, keep it real. Yes, just shy of 400,000 buys this did. So they got a WrestleMania, they got a bit of a drop off from WrestleMania, even though they had Austin and Rock main event and again, but it's still a pretty good number, 400,000. So it's just an in-your-house monthly pay-per-view, though, bro, as well. Yeah, big main event. You know what I mean? Yeah, really, again, good numbers, good money. I mean, they're on a roll at this point, WWF. WCW has fallen by the wayside. They are not pulling in. They're not making great shows anymore. And, yeah, we, uh, we, get, to the, we get to another big in-your-house. 
And now, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross are, are our commentary team for the evening. And I forgot how fucking smooth they were together. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're pretty good. Um, you know, they, they had the dynamic working well. Um, JR with the, uh, you know, hot on the heels of stuff that the King was saying. Uh, the King's coming thick and fast. Uh, there is one point in this where he nearly has a heart attack, and we'll get to that. Well, yeah, it is, uh, it's Uncle Jerry, isn't it? Um, it's Uncle Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, they're very smooth. They're very, very smooth together. At this point, they're done <laughs> quite a few pay-per-views together. You know, they're working well, and it, it's a good partnership. You know, we talk about uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan being the god of uh, commentary, you know, and him and Gorilla, for me, probably can't be matched. But yeah. this is a very similar, um, a similar pairing, you know, well, similar dynamic. Yeah, it's very good. Jerry's very, you know, he's quick with one-liners and Jim Ross is quick to rein him in or, you know, get at him for it. It doesn't threaten to throw him out of there like Gorilla would with Bobby, but yeah. it is good stuff. Um, first match of the evening. I mean, this is a wild opener for so many reasons <laughs> it's the brood it's edge christian and chris's favorite wrestler Grat gangrel against midian and the acolytes formerly or, or soon to be apa and just quickly uh, he's wearing a white top but it is christian i don't know if you can see that christian yeah, is, uh, in his brood gear so um, uh J jordan's got jordan jordan's got christian and i've got a signed from Super Slam Wrestling, I've got a signed Gangrel picture right there. Because I met the guy, I got a sick picture with him, and this is signed by all the other wrestlers as well. Pay a fiver, you know, you meet the wrestlers afterwards, and it just so happened to be Gangrel. Got a brilliant picture, lovely autograph, and that is the first of a few autographs you're going to see tonight, and that is the head of the brood, Mr. Gangrel. Yeah, they have their awesome theme music. They don't have the opening where they come out through the uh, through the ground. It's, uh, it's no. not a type of arena. Uh, the Brood have only just left The Undertaker's Ministry, which is something that's taken off in 99. Well, the, the, there, was a, there was an issue because, you know, The Brood were in and of itself a, a group and they kind of, they set off like wildfire. I mean, they weren't even really supposed to, it wasn't even really a thing. I mean, Vince didn't even really like the vampire gimmick. Um, there's a really, really great shoot interview with Gangrel online. A really, really good one. There's a couple, but he talks about this. And he talks about how the, the, the brood weren't really supposed to go that far. They were actually trying to push Edge. Edge was trying to get... They, they were trying to get Edge up there. And he was told personally, look... We're trying to push Edge. We're trying to get him out there, you know. Um, and Gangrel, the, the whole time he worked, <laughs> excuse me, the whole time he worked in WWE, I mean, he worked his ass off, you know. He really did. He was he was here, there, and everywhere. And, um, yeah, I mean, the brood weren't really supposed to go that far, but they just caught fire and got massive. They were absolutely huge. Um, and then they kind of in, integrated them in with the ministry, and The Undertaker, and even Gangrel talks about in the shoot interview, says, look, I told Edge and Christian as soon as they integrated us with the ministry that the brood was finished. 
you know, because the ministry was large and all that. And then basically they had this angle where Christian, where they were all in the ministry all together. And then Christian was like tied up and he was getting flogged, you know, and like by the ministry members. And then obviously Edge and Gangrel rescued him, saved him. And then now they're feuding with the ministry and they're here. It's Edge and Christian and Gangrel versus the Acolytes, which was, um, uh, Bradshaw and Ron Simmons or Farouk yeah. and uh, Midian, who was um, one of the Godwins. He was a Godwin. <laughs> he was, uh, was he Shanghai Pierce. Shanghai Pierce. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. And something I noticed straight away is that our good old JBL, Bradshaw, he's not selling too much in this. <laughs> no. He is probably the biggest guy in the match. He's pretty, pretty broad, pretty wide. And yeah, he doesn't want to. Looks like he doesn't really want to sell for Christian too much. Very no. It, it, it looks at certain certain points that Gangrel gets in and probably has to have a word with him as well. Yeah. Because, um, you know, but if you look at Ron Simmons and, and, and Bradshaw, you know, two veterans in the business, you know, um, Midian has been in the business for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, Gangrel at this point had probably been pro for about 15 years. You know, they're. Uh, the newest guys was Edge and Christian. Um, and it disappointed me that Edge weren't wearing the white shirt, bruv. It annoyed me. He should have been wearing the white shirt. Christian was there backing it. You know what I mean? If the brood's the brood, wear the white shirt, man. Get the blood on it, goddammit. Yeah. It was a huge spine buster from Ron Simmons. Farouk, sorry. I, you know, he's Ron Simmons too. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, huge spine buster. Really well done on Edge. Um, Midian sucks chance. Um, Loads of them, yeah. You can, tell, yeah. you can tell the crowd's like heavy on it, like going to be on it for most of the show because they're charting at Midian, who I didn't quite get it as a character. I didn't get it then, didn't want to get it now. Like, yeah, just didn't. Mid, the Midian character never worked for me. You know, he can be Shanghai Pierce. He can be, you know, Phineas Godwin. Phineas, but yeah, yeah that's, that's it. And yeah, it's... Uh, it, I mean, it, it started to get a little bit slow and it didn't, like, even myself, I started to tune out a bit in this until Edge. the, uh, was it the, uh, the corner sort of step ladder planches, splashes? Yeah. On the brood. I mean, there was, there was a good um, Edge spear off the turnbuckle because um, Edge was getting battered. Um you know, it was, yeah, it was, it, it was, I was starting to tune out a little bit, yeah. but then there was some good teamwork from the brood, uh, really good teamwork. But yeah, uh, and then, and then uh, Jay, Jay, um, JR calls uh, Bradshaw Hoss, which is uh, also great. Um, yeah, and then uh, someone turns up. Uh, yeah, there was a there was a decent tornado DDT from Christian to Bradshaw. Yes, and then Viscera, Big Vis, Mabel, or you know, as Meltzer like to call him, the Third Man. <laughs> <laughs> he still insists he never he never wrote that. Uh, yeah, Viscera squashes Christian up against the apron on the outside, and we get a clothesline from Hell, and that's it. They're they're out. Because what what had happened? Mabel Mabel had been. He'd, he'd come back at the Royal Rumble, if I believe. Uh, yeah, um, yes, yeah. He'd come back at the Royal Rumble and the Ministry had kidnapped him 
and taken him, and then he he then returned as Viscera. Yeah. After that, so yeah, it's um, it was an all right match, I thought, but it just it wasn't very creative. Um, I don't quite understand. I mean, it's a good starter, just literally for the Brood intro. You know, that song will will never not be a banger. Yeah, it it was like, (laughs) you know, just just walking down to the ring like that, you know, and you had my man Gangrel bopping his head with his cup of blood, you know. He was always bopping, wasn't he? Amazing, dude. And obviously, when we shout out Gangrel, we've also got to shout out Luna Vachon as well. Rest in peace, Luna. Um, yeah, you know, great characters, great stuff, but a bit of a meh match. But it, yeah. I mean, it was all right starter. Uh, the Rock arrives backstage with its uh, well, with Stone Cold Smoking Skull custom WWF Championship, and it's uh, it's hardcore title time. Yes, yeah, hardcore title time. <laughs> it's not. He's not my favorite wrestler. I will say that. Um, but for some reason, here's an Al Snow figure. Sweet, nice, dude. dude. It's a it's a Jack specific, and it's yeah, it, it's old, but you can still see the word "help me" on his forehead. Brilliant. <laughs> so <laughs> Jordan's got Al Snow, um, but I have got in my little box of tricks. I've got a signed. Oh, if you if you're gonna have a picture of Hardcore Holly, that's the one you want. That's the one you want, baby. Oiled up, ready. Look at him. Fucking absolute specimen. Look at him. <laughs> and there's the Hardcore Holly signature. Right, so, right by the bulge on his jeans. Yeah. <laughs> right by. <laughs> Oh, I told you don't interrupt me when I'm cleaning my room. Um, <laughs> don't <laughs> don't interrupt me when I'm polishing my figures. <laughs> um, yeah, hardcore Holly. Um, this match, dude. I I knew I know you're not a fan of Al Snow, but I do want to ask you a question. On the back of this match, do you respect him for this match? Are you were you a fan? Never about disrespect, absolutely. Oh no, no, no! I don't mean that. You just meant, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, what what did you think of him in this match? I mean, as a match, it it's okay. There are way better matches. Even a better, there's even a better hardcore match in this show. But yeah, it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's it's yeah, it's fine. It's I actually, I actually, I was never a fan of the gimmick. No, I, I mean, he did, yeah, you no, know, uh, sure. Like, he's trying to sell crazy, and there's just looking like a dick, you know, and that's what he does, you know, the job squad thing. Like, you know, was it a parody of the NWO? They say it wasn't, but you know, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. It was, it was look at the logo. You look at the logo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm on the other side of the spectrum on this one. I thought it was a great match. Okay. I actually really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, I thought it was quite good as hardcore matches go. The commentary was great on it. I mean, um, Jerry, Jerry Lawler absolutely buries Al. Oh, he does. He Constantly. Yeah, he's, he's, he's clearly not a fan either. 
it's um you know it, it i thought it was a really good match and for those of you who are familiar with the um don't try this at home ads on wwf wwe that would come to follow it would have hardcore holly um a picture of hard, uh, uh, it, the image of hardcore holly the video of him with a laceration all the way across his back just absolutely pissing blood yeah. um and it was not nice to see but that was that's hardcore holly's back in that um don't try this at home yeah that was, um, yeah, that was in a match with rvd wasn't it in the yes yeah. it um, was is al's cut hard way yes it yes I, it happens straight away and it's with the water Oh, was it? Gets, I thought it was with the. I thought it was with the with the title belt. Oh no! Actually, yeah, because the title belt was before the water, yeah. and it's only yeah, that's right. Because they go, uh, <laughs> they also they go under the ring. Now you would have thought that they would have removed the raw is war um, skirt from round the ring rather than just slapping the other one over it. Yeah. Because when they're going to get the plunder. Um, under the ring, they keep pulling it up, and there's two of them, and you can see the Raw is War uh, skirt underneath the, the the main one. But yeah, they they're going to get the plunder from under the ring, um, and you can see him doing that. And then yeah, so yeah, it is it's hot. He gets busted open hard way. I've got a little story about being busted open hard way as well. I was at the seaside um, the other day with my boy. And he was throwing, we were throwing sand and all that. I was in the sea. I was flying my kite, lovely. And uh, he, he starts launching rocks and spinning them across the, the water. And he launches one and it cracks me right in my head and nearly knocked me out. And I've got, I don't know if you can see because my camera's not great, but I've got some dirty yellow bruise on my head and I was busted open hard way there by the boy. So, um, yeah, that's just a little anecdote for you guys there. But yes, he was busted open hard way by the belt. Uh, and then obviously he gets the, the water, Holly gets the water and cracks him. But it was a pretty bad cut, dude, as well. Um, it was it was actually pretty bad on, on Snow's head. Oh, I thought we were talking about the new hardcore champion, your son. Oh, no, he is the new and new hardcore champion. Bless him, man. He felt so bad as well. But then he was joking afterwards and kept saying I had a dumpling on my head, um, <laughs> mocking me. Yeah, no, he was, he's ruthless, dude. Um, so, um, yeah, the, the cut was pretty bad. Um, yeah, and then, Dredd is our new hardcore champion for the year. He is, man. Uh, you had also the hockey stick kung fu from Al Snow. Yeah, I bet you love that. Look at his face, look at his little face. As soon as I mentioned that, he's just, he's like, I knew it, you would have hated from, that. Was it from when he was Avatar or you know, whatever yeah, it was, the last airbender. He was, yeah, he had that gimmick avatar. He was yeah. Cassidy, you know. Cassidy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Cassidy. yeah. New rocker. I mean, there was a springboard moonsault off the barricade, which I quite liked. It was that was very good. Yes, it was that was very good. But here's where um, here's where it made me laugh because the table got a bigger pop than both guys in the ring. It did get a massive pop. And and even when it gets to the end of the match, it, it, even the King says, oh, the only thing that hasn't been broken is that table that was still left in the ring. Um, you know, they, they, there's, a, there's a few good spots in this. Um, the, uh, there's lots of police out the back. So they go out the back, they drag it out, out of the ring and they go back behind the scenes. And uh, there's like literally like 
10 police just standing around. Like, as soon as they come out, and he goes to, like, you know, Hardcore Holly goes to whack his head against the thing. Basically, they all just scatter and move out the way. Um, but that, that was a thing I found funny, how many police were hanging around and just chilling chilling out the back. Um, they, they, literally, the, they literally use the kitchen sink in this. They literally do. It's yeah. everything in the kitchen sink. It's, you know, the car spots. You've got the alarm going off. And you've got, you know, they, the, the dump. I think the joke is that they always used Fink's car whenever they were doing yeah. car spots. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was always poor Fink's rental car that would get a, get a whack. That's right. Is, is it the Fink's car? They yeah. actually mention it. And then they've got the dumpster spot where, like, they, someone gets tossed in the dumpster. I think Al Snow gets tossed in the dumpster. And then um, Hardcore Holly does a splash into it. And even the referee gets in and gives them a two count yeah. in I, the dumpster. Yeah, Jerry said he always knew that Al was trailer trash. You know, That's right. He goes, yeah, I, I always knew Al Snow was white trash. And then <laughs> and he goes, oh, make sure you hose yourself down before you come back in here. It's, yeah, there's, um, there's a hip toss onto the roof of a car. There's a frying pan gets used. They finally get back to the ring. There's a superplex through the table. The table ends up ripping through the ring. Something I notice, it just tears into the ring mat. And yeah. that, you know, it gets taped up for the rest of the show. And then they feel it feels like they sell forever and a day after this table spot. And then Al gets head. Fuck Does me. he? I, I missed get, that. He gets, oh, he grabs. The, oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and he hits. He hits a uh, hardcore Holly with the with the head, and he wins the match. And it's such a shit finish to an all right match, you know. Yeah, because he, he, even um, even the king says, "Well, after all that, and it ends with head being yeah. being cracked of head." You know, is a bit of a crazy one because it was a bit of a slobber knocker, man. It was, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was okay. It was. Yeah, you know, there is worse later on in the show, so I'm not going to complain. It didn't make me want to turn it off or anything, so no complaints. No complaints. All right, that's good. I, I like I say, I enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the commentary very much. Um, you know, it, I thought I thought it was pretty good. Um, and then we we get Stone Cold. They cut quite quickly from the end of that very. to Stone Cold bowling through. Stone Cold arrives. Um, the cutaway is also to the Undertaker forgiving his ministry minions for because they won, so they were forgiven for whatever they did. And then we have um, the Intercontinental Championship match, and this this is just going to be. Let's just remind everyone it's 1999, and it's a very different time. Yeah, it, <laughs> I it's mean, gold dust with the blue meaning. Um, against our intercontinental champion the godfather but before anything takes place we get the uh the meanie grind it's great man yeah. for all the men that want to be me and the women who came here to see me are you ready for the grind oh, you know, yeah jr gets a great line in you know put the women and children to bed hurry you know hurry it's <laughs> right and i think uh, the king says yeah the blue meanie the original reason the double bed was invented Fucking <laughs> it's fucking brutal, man. Like, you know, it's but I love the Blue Meanie. I think he's really great. I think in ECW, when they had the Blue World Order, and you had, you know, Stevie Richards, the Blue Meanie, Raven, uh, Nova, you know, and you had Nova was like Macho Man, 
you know, and you had the meanie was like the, the blue guy. And he was, you know, it was just, it's yeah. great stuff, man. It's absolutely great stuff. Um, the blue meanie doesn't get as near as enough, uh, as much credit that uh, uh, he deserves really as a character, um, really. And yeah, it, it, him and in gold, gold dust together is a very strange pairing, but good fun, man. Really it's, good it's fun. Because Terry, yeah, Terry's well, gone at this point. For anyone that is um, that's new to wrestling or doesn't watch wrestling, never watched it, never seen what we're talking about now, or hasn't even bothered watching 1999 stuff and is still into the new stuff, Godfather was a pimp. And they didn't no even they didn't even hide it, bro. No way around they it. didn't even hide it. And um, he comes out. The fans boo him when he first comes out because he doesn't doesn't bring out what pimps usually bring with them, and that's ladies. Or in this case, they're referred to as hoes. And he gets a wild cheer because these five hoes come out. I'm doing the quotation marks because this yeah, is... Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's these five ladies, they come out. There's one with massive, really huge set of hair. Um, uh, <laughs> 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 and, and, at that point, when the one with the massive hair, um, when, when she walks... Oh, it's... <laughs> when she comes up the stairs and, and the camera's on there, you just hear the king near enough, like, bust his nuts. He's just, you know, he's like, woo the hoes, JR! You know, it, Un- he nearly Uncle, has Uncle a heart Jerry, attack. Uncle Jerry is loose here, and he is loving everything about this bit. You know, Godfather gets into the ring, he gets on the mic, he goes through his wonderful catchphrases, you know, time for everyone to come aboard the train! And you know, he telling them to light up one up 420 style. You know, pimping pimp ain't easy. Yeah, pimping ain't easy. He, he normally, on occasion, he would offer some of his hoes to his opponent, but Gold Dust doesn't get that offer tonight because they don't like no scrubs. No, they don't like no scrubs. It, it's just, it is so crazy, man. And, you know, you've got, you've got uh, the king saying to JR, oh, who's your favorite ho, JR? And he says, oh, you know, I can't, you know, I'm a happily married man. You know, my wife's there in Connecticut. I'll tell you later. <laughs> you know. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, you know, this is, this is the, like, and Jerry says, like, himself goes, this is sports entertainment. I'm like, you're fucking right, it is. It's fucking wrestling. right. But it, but also, in a way, dude, is it, for me, anyway, this is an intercontinental match, Okay. So the Intercontinental belt is quite a prestigious belt, I would say. Uh, it was at this it time. Was. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, Goldust had been the champion. Um, the Godfather had just beaten him and taken the title off him. And if you look at the two guys that we've got in the ring, it's quite. I'm going to get a bit serious now because it is a bit of a fucking ridiculous match. And... These are two veterans in the game, bro, that we're looking at in the ring right now. Take off the fucking stupid glasses, the hose, you know, pimps up, hose down. Take all that away. Take away the fucking gold paint and every all the stupid shit. I mean, this is this is Dustin Rhodes, son of Dusty Rhodes, the natural. You know, this is someone who had been in the business for years and years before this, you know, grinding, you know, um, wearing cowboy boots and fucking 
stupid waistcoats. But, you know, and we've also, on the other hand, we've got, um, you know, uh, Papa Shango, you know, Karma, you know, these, these, these guys, there's probably about 40 odd years of ring experience in the ring at this point. And it's been, all I've got here is two veterans in the game degraded to a pimp and a freak. Like, yes and no. Because chances are Godfather probably never made more money in wrestling than under his Godfather gimmick. I agree. And I agree. Sold more merchandise and everything because it was a sign of the time people, you know, were loving this whole pimping stuff and being a big shot and that. Gold dust is it's gold dust, you know, there's no you know, sorry, ninety nine. They were both making more money than they ever did. I mean, I you you probably you're probably right there. I think it's just me, like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I I felt it's a, it was always a rib on Dustin them giving him the gold dust character. But we have yeah. said before, he he absolutely he slayed it, it bro. Yeah. He he ran with it and he and he made it his own. And like you say, he's probably made more money as gold dust. Than, he, than he'd ever made in the business. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's also another great story about the Goldust versus Piper um, match that they had um, where he had the gold... Oh, the, the backlot brawl. Yeah, yeah, the backlot brawl, you know, and then it was supposed to look like the OJ Simpson chase, you know, where you had Piper in the white Bronco and that, the, and they, you know... The greatest car chase in history, OJ Simpson, Barnum. Um, um, unbelievable, you know, so there's also, yeah, there's a great story where Dustin Rose is, is talking about that and how, what actually happened where Piper, like, you know, they, they weren't, they didn't want any blood or something and he, he said, no, just bust me open the hard way and Piper was just punching him right in the middle square and broke his hand on his head. Um, it's just a great story. It's one of, it's absolutely great story. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it's just me feeling a little bit bad for him, the fact that he was given that gimmick, but he did run with it. And like you say, man, you, you've set me straight, really. They actually probably did make more money as the Godfather and Goldust than they'd made in their whole career. You're I mean, probably Papa right, Shango, dude. Papa Shango was probably a little bit like lucrative with the figure market and stuff like that. You know, it was yeah. a cool figure to have and to look at, but it's the Godfather, you know, he's, you know, there is a time probably in 99 where some of these blokes wanted to be the godfather. So, you know. Well, the king says, I want to grow up and be your godfather. Yeah. Um, Uncle Jerry, just being Uncle Jerry. Meanie, <laughs> <laughs> blue meanie trips, godfather, gold dust, takes control for a bit. Um, this is slapstick to no end. Let's be Oh, honest. yes. Um, gold dust empties his, empties his little bag of powder. Godfather just whacks it up into his own into his face. He can't see. He ends up laying out Meanie and giving him the shattered dreams kick to the nuts. Yeah. You know why didn't Meanie just say it's me, Meanie? Like, don't yeah. kick me in the jewels, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> just um, he hits the oh, see. I he hits the hoe train. Like, he shouldn't have to say that in twenty twenty. Was well, it a Death train. Valley driver, innit? Yeah, and he hits the hoe train first and then the Death Valley driver yeah. celebrates with his in his hose. But he doesn't just celebrate with his hose. He he picks one of them up like a baby, right? Yeah. 
and then falls down on the floor. Like he, he picks her up, almost flashing her Jack and Danny to everyone in the at ringside. If anyone who's American and doesn't know what a Jack and Danny is, it's Cockney rhyming slang. Look it up. Yeah. Look it up. Um, so he picks her up, flashes her Jack and Danny at everyone, and then falls over on the floor with her on top of him, and all the hoes get on top yeah, of him and start, a... you know, slapping him. And it's a hoe. Yeah. It is. It's. it's <laughs> It's absolutely crazy. Like, you know, and at this time, I was 17 years old watching this, thinking, obviously, I want to be the Godfather, you know? Um, but, yeah, it was... You watch it now, 21 years down the line, and you're thinking, man, this is fucking crazy. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's so out there. Um, Michael Cole uh, finds Al Snow sitting in possibly a shower or something. Um Al calls him Todd, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah. Um, and then just starts talking to his head. Uh, yeah. Like, like I said, the gimmick sucks. Like, there's no way around it. <laughs> he spends the rest of yeah, he kicks, he kicks Todd or Michael Cole out and carries on talking to the to the mannequin head. And I've lost interest by this point. No, it's because Head's trying to say that he's the one that got the pin. He goes, what hand did you pin him with? He's like, the hand that I was holding you with. And he went, aha. Yeah. See, I was I was yeah. sold on it, dude. I was, so, <laughs> I was sold on it, man. You're into uh, because, it. Did you have your job squad T-shirt on as well? I didn't, man. No, but I did have um, some pen written. Help me. On, help me on my head. Uh, but I think because I, I, I really enjoyed him in ECW, I thought he was good. And as a worker, I think Al Snow is actually a really good wrestler. Um, he is actually not a bad worker at all. Um, but yeah, like you say, maybe the gimmick weren't all that. Next up, number one contenders match for the tag team titles. And they will be the winners of this match will face the tag team champions on a new show or a one off show at the moment on UPN this week called Smackdown. Uh, it was a one off event at that point that they were putting on to see if it worked on Thursday nights. And it's a uh, Oh, I mean, the pop for these for these two, for the Outlaws. Great. Oh, oh dude. Easy. It literally, the roof nearly came off. We, you know, as soon as you hear the... Dun, 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 like, it just yeah. fucking... The roof exploded, mate. It's, um, I mean, there's a there's a pop for the other team too, but it's for something different. But they do yeah. they go through <laughs> the Outlaws bit. You know, Road Dog is incredible on the mic. He's got so much like, but it's very nineties when you listen to it because it's a lot of shiznit and all yeah, of that. Yeah, in this biznitch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, but, oh dear. Like I was. Dude, sorry. Was very nineties. It was very not, but dude, the fucking pop at the um, soon to be tag team champions of the world. Like the crowd went absolutely loopy. Like they were insane, and this is like a. I mean, this is a New York crowd, ain't it? Uh, kind of, yeah. It's the Northeast, yeah. So you know, this is the, these people were rowdy, man. There was people with their shirts off. There was like, <laughs> oh, dude, people were going absolute dog shit crazy, man. It was, I was loving it, just crowd watching. I mean, there was one sign. I didn't see anyone in the crowd this time that I wanted to pick out. It's not like double denim guy or the geezer in his pants or nothing like that. No, but, it was just a cu a couple of signs. Yeah. There was a WCW one that said wheelchair wrestling. <laughs> I've seen a few of those before. <laughs> um, 
I hope that wasn't a dig on Buff Bagwell, but you know. Oh, dude. Like from back in the day, but I know that yeah, he, uh, yeah he's, he's he had another issue this week, didn't he? He's in a bad way. I think he had a car accident. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I don't really know where to go on that one. Like, I think he's not in a good way, man. If I'm honest with way. you, I think he's he's someone that DDP should really take into that house, bro. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. He apparently did some cameo videos that were a little bit like out there and yeah. off-key and stuff. Like People were paying for that as well, which doesn't help. No, I mean, we love Buff. He's got the stuff. Hell yeah. He's... Um, you know, he was incredible. At a certain era, he fucking had it all, man. You know, that strap match yeah, um, that we covered in... What event was it that we covered that in? Oh, it was like an uncensored or a slap... Yeah. I think it was... Un- yes, right, it was uncensored, yeah. Um, you know, he, he was he was incredible. He, he had it all. He really did. And the outlaws in this match, the New Age outlaws, are taking on Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart with Deborah, And the pop again... Is is wild, but it's it's a pop purely for males only. It's the puppy pop. It's the puppy pop, yeah. Um, <laughs> because Deborah comes out in the craziest of outfits. It's just it's just a bra and a thong and a red jacket over it, like a little. That's bit. it, dude. Yeah, it just says with Deborah brackets wearing fuck all in my notes. Yeah, and she's lit. And at this point, right? So Deborah. Deborah was a McMichael. I don't think they were together anymore at this point. Not at this point, but she was at one point, wasn't she? So she was married to Mongo McMichael. Yeah. Then she actually married Stone Cold Steve Austin. She did, yeah. And did she ever, was she ever with um, Jeff Jarrett? I don't think so. Um, I saw a great meme the other day, and I must share it. Uh, with you it was Jeff Jarrett and Karen Angle and they're standing there they're like holding hands or whatever taking a picture and it says um, the best angle Jeff Jarrett has ever been in (laughs) (laughs) it just tickled me it was so good man the best angle he's at Jeff Jarrett's ever been in Um, yeah I mean so Deborah was kind of like wrestling fodder at this point i think um she's the baby face in this match right i mean she she is actually the baby face but um can i say how long was it after this that jarrett was in wcw can't have been that long uh december i think so we're talking like six seven months or whatever november december yeah yeah he'll be gone in at the towards the end of 99 did deborah go with him at that point no no deborah deborah stayed um, yeah, we get a cheap pop from Road Dog. Very quick one. I don't know if you noticed it. He, a cheap pop. Yeah, very cheap pop from Road Dog about Providence and all that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Just, yeah, just before he tries, he, just before Billy tries to get his ass out. Oh yeah, because it's uh, yeah, because he says about the puppies, and he goes, yeah, he says, uh, he says, I I I don't really want to see it. He goes, but I know. Billy does, and all you fans have come here to see it. He said, so I'm the dog, so let's see the puppies. And then, basically, yeah, he says, yeah, Billy, show them that arse. And then they start getting beat down by Owen and Jeff before that can happen. Uh, big nugget chance for Owen. Um, we get the Jarrett strut. 
which is always great. There's a, lot, great. Of, a lot of chance for sh of show your puppies. Yeah, yeah, oh, a lot. Yeah, um, we get the uh, Owen Enziguri and the spin heel kick, which is absolutely spot on. He's great, man. Yeah. He's he can work his ass off. You know, Owen was doing Owen was Owen in this. He was great. Um, he did the whole. Um, you know, wrist lock to, you know, spinny, jumpy thingy. Chain wrestling, man, yeah. Yeah, that chain wrestling reversal. Yeah, um, yeah his spinning heel kick's always great. I've got, um, yeah, yeah, it's good. got their work boots on in this one because they're all going for it. It's, yeah. It's really good. I really enjoyed this. Um, there's a hot tag to Billy. Deborah tries to distract Road Dog with the, with the goods. The puppies. <laughs> Road Dog hits a pump handle slam on... Owen, complete with thrust action. He always, yeah, he, where, where he grabs it and like looks like he's pumping him from behind. Uh, I always found that quite unnerving. Yes. Um, Owen has a sharp shooter on Road Dog and Billy hits the famous uh, uh, for a free count. Um, this is where it doesn't take a nice turn. Um, it is Owen's last pay-per-view in-ring appearance because the next month... Is over the edge, and yeah, it was it was a month's time, was it? It was yeah, pretty much just a month a month after. Crazy. Yeah, I I didn't like to be reminded of that, to be honest. When I when I saw it, when I realised that I, I did I did I did think when I was watching it that this must have been up um, one of Owen's last because obviously it's nineteen ninety nine. Um, yeah. Jeff Jarrett leaves. And 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 um, like not long after Owen Hart dies, does he? Yeah. So, yeah, um, so I, I didn't enjoy like going like, like through that, going over that in my head, like realizing where we were with Owen, and yeah, it just we just we just enjoy it, enjoy what we have of it. Yeah, man. Rest in peace, Owen Hart. Yeah. And then Billy gets his ass out. And he's wearing a black thong. Yeah. Um, the ladies love it. Me, not so much. But yeah. Yeah, it was all right. It's a good match, though. Really good <laughs> match. I really enjoyed it. It was a good match. It really was. Uh, Michael Coles with Shane O'Mac. Shane swears on his grandfather's name that he'll count he'll count to three, you know, with if Austin's got a pin on the rock. Um and he tells Vince, he's not calling him dad or whatever, he calls him Vince to enjoy the show. Go yeah. sit in the skybox and enjoy it. Um, and then Kevin Kelly's with Vince and Stephanie and, you know, it's just, oh, Shane's made a mistake, blah, blah, blah. Didn't really catch much from that, apart from that Stephanie gets a line in there about her granddad or something. Basically saying he knows why he's invoked that image of my granddad in that. So basically saying he's not going to count him because he doesn't give a shit about his granddad. Yeah. And then it's the Boiler Room Brawl. And this this is the better hardcore match of the show. This is <laughs> fucking crazy, dude. We nearly, we nearly witness Mick Foley dying in this match, genuinely. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of like really hairy moments, but... Before we get to that, here is a, here is an old WWF big show with hair. I don't know if you can see that because he's wearing a white T-shirt. So yeah, I've got that one too. Yeah. 
He's got the white T-shirt on that says it's showtime and he's in jeans for some reason. Well, why, because... Why I got these yeah. I'll never know. <laughs> when he came in, they were still calling him Paul, um, Paul White. Paul White, yeah. Um, the, the, but they, they'd only just started him calling him the big show because when he came in, he came in as, as a surprise at St. Valentine's, Valentine's Day Massacre at the end. Um, so he hadn't been in WWE that long at this point, but Cactus Jack, aka Mick Foley, aka Mankind, had known him for a, quite a while previously in WCW when he was the Giant, um, because obviously Mick Foley, Cactus Jack had been in WCW since you know the nineties. Did their paths cross in the mid nineties? I think so, briefly, briefly. Cactus was in ECW in 95, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, so maybe they didn't. They rocked up, yeah. Or Giant, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, the Giant, yeah, maybe not. I mean, I I still, I, I love Mick Foley's work in WCW as Cactus Jack. There's one, uh, Beach Blast 92, Steve? where I actually, Mick Foley just literally gave his body up to sting and just did a hell of a lot of stuff, brutalized himself for that match. And um, I actually mentioned him on Twitter and he private messaged me and said, that was one of my favorite matches. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for, you know, appreciating what I did basically um, because I just put it out there that he put his body on the line for sting during that match. Yeah. And talking about Mick Foley putting his body on the line, he fucking puts his body on the line in this. I mean, we are not, I mean, are we past, are we past the Royal Rumble where he's taken them chair shots? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we're in, we're in May at this point. We're in, you know, so and we've already, we've already covered in, in one of our previous episodes, Mick Foley putting his body on the line to the point of fucking damaging himself. And he he does no less in this match that we're going to talk about now. We haven't even thought about covering King of the Ring 98 yet. So, like, and that's that's the, like, the one where he fucks himself. But I tell you, talking about King of the Rings, we should definitely cover King of the Ring 98. But we will, we, I would really love to cover King of the Ring 2000. Uh, 2001, sorry. Okay. Um, the Shane O'Mac and Kurt Angle oh boy. match. Yeah. Well, Shane it, liked to throw himself around as well, didn't he? So. Oh, dude, you know, Shane O'Mac. I mean, Kurt Angle for me is 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 probably, I mean, he, he's up there. I mean, it's, it's funny, actually. We're talking about, we're going a little bit way off course, but I, you know, you're, you like, you can drag me back in a sec. Um, but I, I don't buy like new figures really. But my two was two of my favorite wrestlers are Bret the Hitman Hart and Kurt Angle. And I went into the entertainer with my boy the other day because he wanted to buy some booger balls. Uh, which yeah, they're like some weird slime stuff that you can throw oh. at each other. Booger ball. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, so we went in there and I don't buy pop figures either. I just don't. I just don't I buy two. them. I have two. Uh, but now I have. I have two wrestling pops, and it's Kurt Angle and it's Bret the Hitman Hart, because 
I saw them in there. They were on special offer. I think Brett Hitman Hart was £6.66. Um, Kurt Angle was a fiver. And they're two of my favourite wrestlers. And I, I bought two pops. And I don't buy pops, but I bought them because they were them two. Yeah, so, I yeah, have, we've got back King of the Ring. I have Sting, uh, Black and White Sting, and uh, Match Around Randy Savage. So. Oh, two great ones as well, yeah. man. Uh, to be honest, I didn't even know they'd done a Black and White Sting pop. I've got him online. I can't remember. I've got the a couple of years ago, but because there's a good Razor Ramon one that I've seen as well, pops. Yeah, they're, um, quite, they're, they're pretty cool. I quite like them. Just I, I've actually got a little bit of other merchandise to show you. It's not a pop, but it was made by Funko, and it was. Uh, let me just see the year on it. Um. I mean, we're talking 2010, I think. No, 2016 WWE, but it was a Funko figure. I'll show it later. But yeah, I don't really buy them, but I had to because it was yeah. Brett the Hitman Hart and uh, because and Mr. Angle. But yeah, so yeah, we're going off it. But yeah, talking about King of the Ring and Mick Foley putting his body on the line. Uh, yeah, he, he does it again tonight. Yeah. Um, is a boiler room brawl so first person to leave the boiler room wins a match uh, they had, they've had they had a couple in the past I think Mankind or Foley had one with The Rock and his first one infamously with The Undertaker in 96 I remember watching that on Sky Bro 1996 dude I was 14 yeah uh, I and I was as well. yeah. oh dude it, it was fucking brutal yeah. man that was absolutely brutal match the first boiler room brawl yeah um, in this one, uh, Mankind jumps Big Show pretty quickly, but Big Show takes over, and this is where the bumps start, and Foley is just bumping like a nutcase on the hard floor. Um, and there is a, there's a fucking weird, like, I don't know what they are. Maybe they're chalkboards or something. But uh, yeah, Big Show throws Mankind into them, and one of them lands on Mick Foley's chest, and Big Show like obviously understands that this isn't like this is hurting him because he has to pull it off. Yeah, and just pulls it off and chucks it away. And it's like Jesus Christ, like because that that landed pretty heavy on his chest, and he he let out a scream like wasn't very mankind. McFoley. No, it wasn't. And but but before that as well though, you've you've got because after this match we get some bonus footage that I'm not sure you actually got. Um. I got a, I got a little bit after, after the match. Yeah, with uh, was it after? Because there's another bit where China and Triple H are with Cole yeah, talking after, about X Park, yeah, and yeah. then after that, there's a bit of bonus footage yeah, about after, Big Big Show and Mankind, and you can see because basically before all that happens, you've got Big Show. He punches a fridge. Yes, he does. He, he punches a fridge and he dents the top of the fridge. And after you see what he's done to his hand, bro, it is absolute. I mean, they, oh, dude, it's mental. So, yeah, he punches the fridge. And then, like you say, mankind's taking all these crazy bumps. And this, th these things, I, you have to watch this match because they do look like chalkboards. But I think they're like, um, like the side panelling that go, they're heavy as shit. They look heavy as anything. And, this thing lands and on on mankind's chest, 
Yeah. Um, and he literally, you can hear the life leave his body when it lands on him. And literally, like, Big Shy has to go over and pull it off him so he can actually breathe. And then he leaves him for a second. Did you notice? He pulls it off and pushes him. And then he goes for a little bit of a stroll, walking around and, like, looks at him. Because I think he, he even thought, man, he, he nearly died then. Um, mankind gets a like, like a framed bit of glass. Um, shout out to Tree of Life Framing because they're probably, you know, doing bits about wasting glass like this. But he <laughs> smashes it. He smashes it over Big Show's head and in the process cuts his own hand. And we only see like later on how bad this cut is. Because it's bad. Yeah, it doesn't look too bad to begin with. You can see it's bleeding and his, like his hand's bleeding, but later on you see how bad it is and it's pretty grim. Yeah. Uh, there's a choke slam through through a table, like big show choke slams and it's got, table. And it's got it's glass got, on it as well. Yeah, it's got glass. It's brutal, yeah. man. Like that choke slam on the table with the glass, it looks absolutely brutal, man. Um like, crazy. I'm not gonna, you know, sugarcoat. It's an ugly match, but it's it's captivating. Oh, it's crazy, dude! It, it, it's it's not, you know, it's not your, you know, your your wrist lock, no, um, chain wrestling match. But it was never gonna be. Excuse me, it was never gonna be. Um, you mean you've got the big show and you've got mankind? Yeah, they. It, it's just. Yeah, it's what is just crazy, and he hits a steam valve or whatever it is. Like, yeah, and he breaks that off in Big Show's face, and uh, Mankind wins. Mankind gets out. Uh, there's a there's a hilarious picture of Teddy Long just standing there looking at a door that's closed, waiting for someone to come out. It, like, what the fuck is he doing there? <laughs> like, it's crazy, man. Like, but you've got mankind. This is at the point where you see how bad his hand is bleeding yeah. because. He's crawling on the floor and he's leaving handprints in blood yeah. all the way. And then he crawls up the wall and he puts his hand on the wall and there's like a, it looks like the bloody ball from Castaways, you know, with the, with the blood yeah, on it. just the blood down the wall. And, yeah, oh, it's nasty. absolutely brutal, man. And um, we'll, we'll get to the, the, the extra footage after that they're yeah. that when they're talking about the aftermath of this match. And it's, it's, it's great yeah. stuff. If only uh, Mankind wins, he gets jumped by Bossman and Tess straight afterwards. Uh, Big Show helps him and they sort of, they fight him off. And just at the end, Mr. Socko makes his appearance in poor Tess's mouth. Um, yeah, something about a sock stuffed in someone's under trunks then being shoved in someone's mouth just doesn't sit right, does it? No. No. <laughs> yeah. um, Michael Cole is with China and Triple H um, China says they're going to put X-Pac in his place in their little grudge match and this is the next bit, this is a bit where we've got some bonus footage um, the trainer is trying to patch up the Big Show because Big Show's got a knock on the head and he's also got this ridiculous bruise and like possibly dislocated finger or something Or and he touches it and you can tell that show's not impressed. 
Dude, it's, I mean, the big show's hands are massive anyway, but you can just see the swelling on this hand already. And it's just completely red, bruised. And like you say, he touches the knuckle and you just, oh, you know, yeah. you can hear the yeah. wincing. It's just incredible, man. Like, you know, they're trying mm. to sell that he needs stitches on his head, but it didn't look that bad a cut. His hand was actually worse than, than anything. Um, then you got and then, yeah, they back through, yeah, walking back through the boiler room and saying how, like, you know, he almost cr his lungs were almost crushed, and yeah, he's got this cut on his hand, and it's, oh, it's so messed up. He, he ends it with have a nice day, though, which is quite funny. It's great, you know, he's walking through and he's like, yeah, um, I don't want to fight the big show anymore, I've got kids, <laughs> you know. He's just crazy, you know, he's walking through and he's like, yeah, um, if police need to um, can see this as a scene of a crime, if they need any fingerprints, you can see my blood there and there and there. And then he's walking through and it's like, it's crazy. And he goes, yeah, as you can see, there was a physical tussle over there. And then it pans over, it's like blood all on the floor. Like, it, it, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, that was... It was a better hardcore match than... Oh, of course it was, yeah. The hardcore match. And, I mean, even the main event of this was a no-hold-barred match, wasn't it, as well? Yeah, you know? I mean, I think the main event for me was on a, on another level. It was it was crazy. It yeah. was crazy. Um, um, but before all that, we've got X-Pac and Triple H in a former best friends match. Jim Ross is trying to sell the emotion of it all. Well, it's 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 funny, dude. Actually, as well, before when we when we had China and Triple H with Michael Cole talking about the pecking order, yeah. they actually shoot some wrestling terminology out there. There's like, look, you know, we put you over. Like, I put you over. You know, I got you in here. You know, and put you over. And now that's you're saying be, this that's is got to like, be a Vince Russo line. Got to be. And it's yeah. like, and there's there, there's a pecking order. You know, talking about the pecking order and all that. You know, like. You know, it's a bit like they're trying to... Is kayfabe disappearing? Um, they're trying to smarten people up, you know? Um, but, yeah, it's um, it's a bit crazy, this match. I actually thought it was quite a good match. Um, it's okay, but the crowd have fallen asleep. They don't give it the appreciation that they should give it. Yeah. Um, it's within the first... I'd say literally in the first three minutes, um, X-Park nearly breaks his neck doing like a, a martial arts kung fu kick. And he lands terribly right on the back of his neck. And you can see that for a couple of seconds, he's quite dazed and he doesn't know, oh, should I actually be walking right now? Um, it, it was pretty, it was pretty brutal, literally. Um, Triple H looks like Donald Trump in this. He's orange as shit. Um, he's gone OTT with the Tantrope and he's, um, he's orange. Uh, Xbox takes a, a really wicked bump over the top rope. Crazy. Yeah, he goes flipping over the top rope like as he's being thrown out of the ring, not to do a move or anything. It's, I thought that was yeah, really impressive. Like, But again, like, he misses the Bronco Buster, hits his head on the turnbuckle, and then starts selling a neck injury. Like, 
and it's clearly a work. It's not like yeah. Jim Ross is trying to sell it like oh, he's hurt his neck before and all. This. He's had two major sit. Yeah, and then you see yeah. Triple H going, and he's like, yeah, he probably knows exactly what vertebrates hurting. Like, like he's picking, like he's counting the the vertebrates. Okay, it was the fourth one. Assassin yeah. after all, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I found that quite funny. Jim Ross is sending it like mad. He even calls him Sean Waltman. Like, he does, yeah. He said the, they've gone up and down the country together. Yeah. You know, they were best buddies. Um, there's a couple of knee drops on the back of his head from Triple H. China starts to get herself involved. Um, they, I, I, this is really more to build the sort of the fighting spirit of X Pac and how, you know, he's the plucky underdog, the little guy that could, you know, and all that stuff. And it's just not going over with the crowd. The crowd is yeah. Just, they're bored, and I, I've, I've got here on my notes, like to the side of it. It maybe it's just a little too long. I think it was a little bit too long. I think it was a little bit drawn out, um, um, because um, these guys can have a one hell of a match. Yeah, of course uh, they really can. Um, but it's, um, it is a bit drawn out. I mean, China, China gets involved. She gives him a low blow and then hits him with like a slop drop. Like the um Well yeah, I I I've got it down as like a scorpion death drop. Yeah, it is a scorpion <laughs> and then yeah, I just put slop drop. I don't know, maybe because Midian's in it. But um <laughs> yeah. Um lights go out. Oh yeah. And, uh, and that's that's gotta be Kane. That's got that's got to be Kane. Uh Kane appears. He comes to help X Park, and then uh, China's like standing up to him, you know, like she's going to fight him. Yeah. And then JR says, China broke Kane's heart before, the second woman to break Kane's heart. And uh, yeah, something, I think he used the line like, oh, you want to be tough like a man, you get beat like a get man. Treated like a man. Because she gets, she gets chokeslammed as well as Triple yeah. But then yeah. Kane makes a mistake and he leaves because X Park loses. Yeah, it, it, well, basically, he's he drags them both into the corners, yeah, setting up for two Bronco Busters. Dopey Bronco Buster, you know, and then he hits the Bronco Buster on on Trip, and then he hits it on China, and then as he's like still riding China's chest, um, Triple H turns him around, bangs him with the fucking pedigree, and yeah. gets the win. And yeah, it's, it, like I said, it's, it's it's an okay match. There's nothing wrong with it. It just it probably went too long, and the fan sort of dumped on it. And they they stay asleep for the next one as well. I I do think it was because in this next match. So the next match it matches Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man, versus the Undertaker with Paul Bearer. And this is a different looking Paul Bearer, a different looking Undertaker. This is this is the evolution of the Undertaker. So he's no longer white faced and, and quiet. He's, um, he's yeah, you know, he's quite vocal. Um, he talks a lot. Paul Bearer's completely different. He's slightly bigger, Percy Pringle. Um, you know, but he, he's um, a different kind of character. And Shamrock is straight from the UFC. He is the ultimate fighting champion, kind of, you know, mixed martial artist. And The Undertaker digs that, man. The Undertaker oh, really yeah, digs it. And this, this feels like the, almost the beginning of The Undertaker, you know, because The Undertaker eventually, you know, through many sort of, you know, years of transition and evolution, 
becomes a very much an MMA guy. And he loves that, like sort of that groundwork and, you know, the, you know, decent striking. The only thing he didn't really do was throw kicks. But, you know, there, and there's a lot of that in this match. There's a lot of MMA style stuff. And the fans just aren't appreciating it because I quite like this. I, I thought it was a bloody good match. And if it was anyone but The Undertaker, um, I think people would have appreciated it. But I think they didn't really expect it from The Undertaker. I, but I also think that t- today's crowd would have really loved this as well. Really, yeah, it was way before its time. Yeah. And it was, the, it was The Undertaker saying to people, I can work, you know? Yeah. I'm not just that kind of Undertaker gimmick. I can work, I can wrestle, um, I can do reversals, I can do that ground mat stuff. Um, and yeah, like you say, it was the like the evolution of the Undertaker character. And this is, it sort of bugged me that the crowd was silent for this. Jim Ross got in a really fucking stupid line. Uh, he said that Ken Shamrock shouldn't get into a fist fight with the Undertaker. That's his fucking gimmick. Yeah, gimmick that is his gimmick. Fighter, like he's, oh, like I really. And like, he, yeah, but he I keeps telling him the to page when I was writing that one down. Yeah, and he also keeps telling him to Charlie horse the Undertaker. You know, it's like a Charlie like horse is what you do to term. people at school, like giving them a dead leg. <laughs> That's what we call it—a dead leg yeah, when you just. Uh, knee someone in the side of the thigh and you give them a dead leg. There's a, a beautiful like sunset flip transition into a like a knee bar. Beautiful. Like all this stuff is really good stuff. It's like and you know you might not be an MMA fan, you might not be like a you know catcher's catch, you know, can sort of wrestling fan, but this stuff is fucking amazing. Great match. Great match. There, there was a lot of it as well. There was some really, really good stuff. Like you say, that that sunset flip, <laughs> it looks like it's going to go into a pin, but then he grabs the leg and then does the, yes. the, the knee. It, absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, re- really good wrestling match. But we got boring chants in the middle of all this. and um, We have. I was I, I just, I got annoyed by it. I was like, oh, well, fuck you lot then. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't appreciate shit. Yeah, they can't appreciate nothing. And it was a really good match. It was, and if anything, it was the match that, uh, that it was the match that Shamrock had to do to beat someone like The Undertaker. Because he wasn't going to beat him in any other way apart from taking his legs away from him and then and just grinding him down. Um, but the only problem with the, the work in the ground stuff and being as active on the ground in that is that Taker looked blown up. He was blown, yeah. I mean, he was, but he was. I mean, his leg drop. He barely got off the ground. Like I he, thought, he literally just put his leg out and then dropped, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> this. I mean, Ken's trying to pick the ankle, go for an ankle lock. He counters a choke slam with an absolutely amazing armbar, like beautiful. Yeah, almost, almost climbs up his arm like in this choke slam to roll, yeah. roll him into an armbar and. Again, crowd not digging it, and it it bothered me. It yeah, I, I I actually really think that Shamrock and the Undertaker worked really well together in this match. Yeah, they really did work together in this match, and I think it's because Undertaker is a massive UFC fan. Yeah, it bothered me that the finish wasn't clean as well because this match deserved it. It uh, did. Bradshaw came came out with a with a Louisville Slugger, um, as JR was telling us, and. It was enough of a distraction for the Undertaker to get a tombstone and uh, and the win. 
Well, it was weird because um, Shamrock attempted to tombstone The Undertaker. Yeah. And then he ended up reversing it. And it was, yeah. I mean, that, that was all right. But yeah, like you say, it deserved a clean finish. And then, uh, yeah, Bradshaw continued the beatdown. And that was, like I said, I, was, I, really, I really liked it. But the live crowd didn't. No, it was, a, it was a proper wrestling match. It was The Undertaker in a match that we've never really, we'd never, beyond this, before this point, we'd never seen him in a match like that. Never. And it kind of makes you sad you never got that Shamrock angle match. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it might have happened somewhere else, but he never got it in the WWF. It would have been amazing. Shamrock was in TNA when Angle was there. So, yeah. yeah. Disappointing for everyone, I think, that one. Yeah. Uh, video package on Austin Rock, you know, going through there. I mean, this is a hell of a feud, though. Like, in in general, they main event two WrestleManias. They get a high spot on uh, on another WrestleMania. This is one of... This is the feud of the 90s, really, for me. Yeah, because it would even go through even to WrestleMania 18, 19. Well, yeah, 15, 17, they main event, and then 19, they go again for the third one. And... They, they just work so well together and the crowd are into every last thing they do. It's brilliant, man. The the, the video package shows about The Rock having his funeral for Austin, yeah. um, you know, and, and the smoking skull belt. You know, it, it's, uh, it shows, you know, crushing The Rock's car, the whole co- corporation stuff, The Rock nicking the belt, saying that he was throwing it into the water when he chucked Stone Cold in there, but obviously he kept the belt. Um, there was a creepy bit where Vince McMahon kisses Stephanie on the lips, and it yeah, just, I, uh, I thought we could gloss over it, but yeah, he puts he tells her to get in the limo and go and see he's going to watch the main event, and then he kisses her, and it's like, I, yeah, I kind of just sort of just ignored it. Creepy. <laughs> yeah, it is our main event. It is the World Wrestling Federation Championship match. It's the this was the bit, one of the best bits. The acting chairman of the WWF and special referee Shane McMahon is here. Um, I just, I was marveling at the reaction that The Rock got. He's meant to be the heel, but he's too damn charismatic to be out here. Yeah, he's too, he's too good. He's, it, it actually, I was watching a little bit of the Raw of the next night um, before we came on just now and it's it's the night after the rock becomes a babyface because you know he's going through the catchphrase everyone's into it he's yeah he it's excellent stuff and what a time to be a wrestling fan have these two guys on your weekly show yeah it's people didn't know how good they had it it they really didn't you know it's um I mean, we'd come from 96, 97, where it was like, you know, we had people like Shawn Michaels. Um, I, I just as well, did like, I'd just seen a clip um, the other day of Shawn Michaels, like having a rant and moan at Vader and kicking him in the head in the middle yeah, of the I'll ring. Yeah, I see that. That one's, that one's doing the rounds at the minute. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah. So then you've got that, you know, that was when WCW were really winning in the ratings and stuff like this. That. But then 
you know, you, you get to this point and WCW is on its ass, really. It's starting to falter a little bit. Um, and you've got, yeah, Stone Cold and The Rock just absolutely carrying WWF on their back, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, they named the show SmackDown after The Rock's catchphrase, laying the SmackDown on your candy ass. Yeah. You know? I'm still really gutted that I never had one of them shirts that said, layeth the smacketh down. You know? You might be able to find one if anyone's listening and knows where there's one Chris can get. Yeah, man, it's going to cost me a bloody fortune, but I really want one. At Chat Grapple Pots on Twitter or Instagram. Come on. I need a layeth the smacketh down shirt, please. But as great as the reaction is for The Rock coming out with Austin's smoking skull belt, the pop for Austin, it's, you know, people talk about Road Warrior pops and all that stuff. And this is, or even a Hogan pop, this is a, this is an Austin pop. And this is, for me, far bigger than 99% of the pops we've seen. I mean, well, Hogan, Hogan gets a big one when he returns in 1990. Like, that's massive. But this one here is, you know, th- th- these were consistently huge as well for Austin. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got here my WWF Raw Deal card game. That's a WWF as well. WWF Raw Deal card game with the Rock and Austin collectible card game. That's from this era. This is, you know, uh, NECA. Yeah, this 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 is 1999, man. No, 2000. So the next year on. That's great. That's one of my favourite things. Um, but we're talking about Austin Pops. <laughs> There's a little mini Funko of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, that is cool. A little one there. Also got WWF Warzone for the Nintendo 64. Oh, see. I don't have I don't have Warzone or the I don't have the WWF games. I've got the WCW games on uh, the 64. I also have that. It's in my collection. It's up there with my uh, WCW NWO cards on my shelf at the moment. Um, But this is the PS de Resistance. Not a great fucking movie, but it's signed by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Which uh, which movie is that? It is Born to Fight. I've, I've not seen it, but I'm sure it's a thriller. Boxer and the Kid Productions. Um... So basically, it is grizzled ex-boxer, Stone Cold Steve Austin, thinks his glory days are behind him. Working as a school janitor seems to offer little in the way of excitement. But when he begins coaching the bullied new kid, Matthew, in a bid to turn him into a boxing champion, he proves how tough he really is. There we go. There we go. Check it out, everyone, if you've not seen the fight. I've never, I've not even fucking seen the movie, dude. I've never even watched this movie, but I don't care because it's signed signed by Stone Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's all I need. That's all I need it for. That is mad. (laughs) (laughs) This this match is it's fists and fire to start. You know, it does. It is a. It's going to be a brawl. It's no holds barred. You know, you get these two work beautifully together. Anyway, you got the there's press like. Really good stuff. The fans have come alive. They are absolutely fucking rabid. Oh, dude, absolutely mental. Yeah. They're going absolute dog shit crazy at this point. Um, the guys are fighting. They're wrestling in the aisle. They're wiping out the set at the at the entrance. 
it's a it's a killer brawl. It's white hot. The fans at that part of the arena are absolutely they're jumping up and down. You can see them like they're just losing their minds. Something I did notice though is that they're taking a lot of bumps on concrete, and that can't I'm, be good. That's right, dude. I've actually got that written here. I've like um the crowd are absolutely wild. They're smashing the setup, um and yeah, all the all the bumps on concrete they hurt. Yeah. And there's a lot of bumps on concrete, even even just for clotheslines. Um, you know the way that jacked up neck. Yeah, you yeah. know it is unbelievable how Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock even you know they're bumping all over the place. You know it is absolutely crazy, and you see, um, they they do the rock bottom on the announce table, and The Rock gets like the headphones, the headset. Yeah. But then you see the guy, dude. Everyone who's watched 90s, um, you know, uh, Attitude Era wrestling will know the guy. He's called Big Jim Dotson. And he's the security guy with the black Kango hat. Yeah. You know the dude, yeah? Massive hench guy, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's like the head of security and that, like when they're doing these... The, the having the brawls in in the crowd and he would actually I, I think you see him in a couple of degeneration x um skits and vignettes and stuff um he got quite famous uh at, at one point you know and you saw him in quite a lot of stuff but you can see you know, the old big jim is there holding back the circle of the crowd and they're fighting and it's really original and it's one of the best things that you will see right the rock doesn't just pick the headphones of the Spanish announcement. He picks up a camera, bro. Yeah, this is good. Picks up a camera and he's talking trash about Stone. He does something, talks trash about Stone Cold Steve Austin while he's lying on the floor. He gives him the finger, right? And you're seeing it from his point of view. He turns around to the crowd and then literally he turns around and he's got Stone Cold in his face yeah. with two fingers and then he kicks him and does a stunner. You can't pay money to get that shot dude that shot alone is money bro just yeah. the way he like perfect pans away pans around and then stone cold as soon as he pans around you just see stone cold with the two fingers kicks him stunner beautiful yeah. this match is absolutely bonkers they, bonkers yeah they get back into the ring austin gets pushed into shane shane doesn't disqualifying he gets a there's a rock bottom for a really close two count shane gets the title belt to try and level austin hits the rock count one two and then decides to give austin the finger and jump out the ring this is when big daddy vince comes strutting down the aisle uh, wipes out shane yeah with the <laughs> with the belt and um Sent in that really shit referee, Earl Hebner. I mean, he doesn't manage to screw it up this time. <laughs> Can't help myself. <laughs> you love Hebner. <laughs> and yeah, Austin hits a stunner on the rock and then hits him with a belt. So Rock doesn't go down to the stunner. He, you know, he gets up and gets hit with a belt and then gets the gets the pin. And this I've got here, like straight up, insanely good. Like this whole match. It had you in it completely locked in from minute one to the end and yeah i couldn't you couldn't have asked for a better main event no it was good man it, it, as main events go it was from start to finish it was yeah. just 
bang, bang, bang. There was some really original stuff going on in there, like when The Rock's got the camera. And, you know, like we always say on, on this show, like watch watch the pay-per-view. I know we've given spoilers or, or whatever, but I mean, most people have, have watched this pay-per-view at one point and kind of maybe forgot what had gone on. But what watch it because... It is, a, it is a beautiful bit of late 90s Attitude Era wrestling. It was this kind of stuff, you know. You can buy these VHSs still if you haven't got the network and you don't want to, you want your own collection. Um, you know, you can buy this stuff on eBay. There are groups on on Facebook. You know, you can buy these things. Buy them. Get the network. Well, Watch this, these this events. Is this is exactly it. Like, people who crow about wrestling now and think that, their favorite wrestler today is the absolute, you know, is the shit. Take a look at 1999. Take a look at, you know, the two biggest guys in the industry. Possibly the two biggest ever, you know, it's, it's arguable. 100%. Um, quick question, Austin or Rock? Uh, I, I, I can't and I won't pick between the two. Oh, I thought I thought I had you for a minute, but and, and that's the bottom line. If you smell what I'm cooking, so it, it's there, there I is, can't. There isn't. There is a close call for an ICO Pro Award winner. It's there's not many jacked up guys in this, but some no. starting to bulk up just a little bit, and that uh, you know it was a uh, the man covered in tan trope, as you like yeah. to call it. He's yeah. just starting to bulk up. I mean, Billy Gunn was probably closest in second but triple h is our ico pro award winner for this week i'd give it to trip i'd uh, give it to trip we get towards 2000 between 2000 2002 it's either going to be you know triple h or scott steiner who wins it every week so <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's yeah just just go back and watch some stuff go back and watch what they were doing you know before you start telling me how great you know, or how close Moxley is to Austin, because it's not a contest, it's not close. You know, how tell someone mentioned that MJF is getting on rock levels. No, he's not. MJF is really good, but MJF is not close to rock levels, you know. The heat just first of all, you can't you can't compare them because the heat ain't the same anyway. No. But I mean MJF is I mean, people genuinely hate the guy, dude. Like people are genuinely hating he, him. He, play, like, he plays the character outside the ring as well, which is quite funny to watch because he there's a picture of him flipping a kid off and stuff. Like it's yeah, it's, it's so all, good. It's all real heel stuff, and yeah, you know, I I just don't understand how people you know people shouldn't make those comparisons. You know, just no point. It's there like, isn't any. It's, like Cena, it's all hypothetical. Like Cena and Hogan and stuff like that. You know, who was better? Who was better? Well, I can tell you who was better out of you know. Moxley and MJF and Austin Rock. I can tell you that, you know, straight away. There's no no argument. But let let someone like MJF evolve for a couple of years, see how he's doing, see where he is at. You know, I would. I would. I mean, it even annoys me how people try and compare MJF to the Miz. Um, because they I do. Really, I really like the Miz. I got nothing. I got. I like him as I liked him as well. I mean, I even like you know. Um, there, there's videos where he he meets kids as well, you know, like, and he's he's trying to get the kids to say, oh, you you know, you 
you know who your favorite wrestler is. It's the Miz, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like, all right, second favorite wrestler. All right, third favorite wrestler. You know, like, yeah. in, I mean, the Miz was absolutely great, but the Miz was someone like you or I, he, who actually was in tough enough, weren't he? The Miz. Yeah. He, he, um, he, you know, and he, 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 he earned his spot. You know, um, I like the Miz. I think he's great. I, I really do like the Miz. Um, but I, I think comparing. MJF and, and the character of the Miz. MJF is is a different character. You know, he he's more arrogant. He's um, ruder. Um, he's more entitled. You know, and I I really am enjoying it. But like you say, we can't really you can't compare Attitude Era Rock to an AEW MJF. You, you just can't. I'll, I'll be honest. I you know there is a there is an AEW pay per view coming up. Is it all out? Is it? In September. Oh, dude, and they've got a fucking oh right. I I mean, <laughs> uh, I I I I know people don't like him, but I like Jim Cornette. I like listening to him. I think he's got a yeah, lot of a knowledge. Yeah, he's outspoken, but he's got a lot of wrestling knowledge, and he was there during some pivotal times in the wrestling business, and it was only through him. Uh, Corny's uh, little snippets on YouTube that I found that they're doing. You've got Orange Cassidy um, Chris Jericho. versus Jericho in an orange mimosa match, which is just orange juice and champagne mixed together. We call it Bucks Fizz. So they've got a Bucks yeah. Fizz match, right? A little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. So it's like a swimming pool mixed with a little bit of the bubbly and some OJ and whoever wins is the person that's going to toss the other one into the, um... to be honest, that match sounds like, it sounds like Judy Bagwell on a pole. It sounds, it's, it's, you know, it's your Carson city silver dollar match, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, And it's called your orange mimosa match because it's in America. If it was in the UK, it would be called the Bucks fizz match. They're making your mind up. Yeah, yeah, the older group behind dancing on the stage. We know about Bucks Fizz. So, you know, that was just another thing that I'm seeing and I'm like, oh, oh," I mean, you know, but like I say, yeah, we're we're going away from how good Backlash was and how good this era of WWE, WWF was and how people can even compare it to what's going on at the moment is a little bit, crazy really because it's just absurd. different levels it's, uh, it's absolutely absurd to end the show um the undertaker drives away in the limo with stephanie in the back uh he turns around with that devilish look uh, where are two stephanie and all that uh, whilst yeah. he's in the ring celebrating with some cold ones that's the end of our show uh, on that's the end of backlash and we haven't decided where we're going next. We know it, we, we know how it works by now. It is another WCW show. We haven't got that far yet, though, have we? No, we we haven't um, we haven't decided where we're going. We haven't spoken about it. So um, that'll be one for us to decide what we're going to do next. Like you say, it, it will be a WCW. But dude, maybe we can do an ECW. Maybe. I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not against it, but if it's got Al Snow on it, then we might have to rethink our strategy. What does everybody want? Um, I, I, I honestly think we could do like House Party 96 or something absolutely loopy 
um, because the pure amount of people that would then become bigger you stars. Not, not, not thought about any TNA shows yet either. I mean, I know I, I have thought about TNA shows. Yes, I have, I have one TNA show on VHS in in this house. What uh, is it? It's Turning Point two thousand four. Okay, I mean, not a bad show either. To be honest it's with you, bootleg VHS. Taped off the telly. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, I bought it at a wrestling show. I think it was an. I think it was an FWA show in Broxbourne. They, oh, they dude, yeah, they. And, uh, I mean, get hold of Turning Point. I mean, that's, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some decent matches on there. So, you know, we we we, we could jump into other promotions if there's a if there's a demand for it. But yeah, we have yet to figure out what we're going to watch next. If, if anyone's got any ideas, and please make them good. Don't just tell us to go and watch, you know, that Heroes of Wrestling shit or whatever it was. Or, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah, like anything good, you know, we're you know, at Chat Grapple Pops on Twitter and Instagram. The group is on Facebook. You can also, you know, see our latest videos on YouTube just by following the channel. You can hit the uh, subscribe button. It's somewhere. It's that way, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah that way yeah yeah hit the subscribe button like i said there is stuff to give away we haven't decided when we're going to do it yet it's probably going to be when the numbers come up just a bit more i've got plenty of stuff to give away chris has got plenty of stuff to give away there's hasbro stuff on my side there's dvds as well there's even a vhs of something really random wwf wise it's free it's free you could get you could win free stuff that's all we're just saying. to Let's just tell it how it is. Fucking subscribe, people, please. We we you know we want to grow that we want to grow this channel. We want to be giving away stuff. We want to um, up the production value on this. I mean, we've been talking before about doing the show. Um, I mean, we're still in this coronavirus time, so this is why predominantly we we initially are doing this via Zoom or you know yeah. uh, doing it in this in this way, but. I mean, we would love to do it sitting on a sofa, socially distanced, uh, you know, with a little table in front of us with loads of stuff all on it, you know, so it can, it, you can see us a lot better. Um, we'll have a green screen behind us with the whatever VHS or whatever event we're watching behind us, you know, it would just all be this, a better uh, value. Sweet, sweet logo. You know, and that's the thing, but we, but we need to. We, we can't we we can't really build that at the moment financially off our own backs you know we yeah, we, we you know we're both working guys i mean we were even you know we've gone on a little bit late tonight because i was working right up to the point where literally i had to stop working to to do the podcast so um you know it's it's, it's crazy but but we love it and we, we will keep doing it so guys this is episode 15 of Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. Uh, it was Backlash, WWF Backlash 1999. Go back and watch the pay-per-view. Um, you've heard us chat shit about it for however long, and we really enjoyed it. Um, there's some really good points, really weird points, some really dated points in the pay-per-view, but it was, was 21 ever? years ago. Uh, yeah, that's right. And as ever, we thank you for staying with us, you know, getting to the end, if you, you know... All those poor insomniacs that are still trying to get to sleep. If we haven't bored you into it yet, you know, maybe maybe go listen to Meltzer or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> sorry, and just and just for shits and giggles, join the um, All Elite Wrestling groups on Facebook if you want to have a laugh. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, that 
I'm not going to take shots at All Elite anymore. Like, I'm going to try and be good with them. Um, as ever, thank you to Chris for staying on. I know he's got a bit more work to do before he goes off. Um, it's all good, man. All to, good. Thank this you is the Tree of Life framing for those sweet, sweet T-shirts and hoodies. They could be part of our our giveaways at some point. You know, they're really cool. They look they look great. They make you look you know really cool and sweet and too sweet and too sexy and all that stuff. You know, everyone's going to want one. So join up, subscribe, hit the you know the giveaways will come subscribe this is my subscribe people please right we want to keep doing this we want to keep pushing it we've got loads of shit to give away get us to that magical number in it jay that's what we yeah. want get us to that magical number you know and if 1, you to say quickly thank you to those that are downloading um the downloads have gone up quite a bit this past week and i was really like surprised and impressed by that like so you know for those that are listening you know we we thank you you know don't stop you know don't watch us on youtube keep downloading keep keep listening to us you know these sultry voices are you know are helping you lot through your day through your car journeys through your train journey yeah keep listening like you know enjoy it we'll we'll try and keep you guys you know in the loop of everything as well it won't always be visual stuff there won't just be you know memorabilia and that you know we'll, we'll try and keep you guys in like in our minds too so Thank you Absolutely. for downloading. We're really grateful for that. Sweet, man. So there we have it. Episode 15, done and dusted, guys. Thanks again for, for listening. I've been Chris Dredd, main man JB, and uh, this is Chat Grapple and Cheek Pops podcast. Thanks again, guys. Take care, guys.